Governor Tom Wolf wants to cut $200 million of horse racing funding, and Zillow just got a brokerage license in New York. Tune in to Tool Time right now. We are back on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She's Jess Lyon. We've got some interesting stuff going on here locally in the real estate industry. We'll lead off with the local story first. So Governor Tom Wolf, the governor of Pennsylvania, for those of you not living in the state, or maybe you just don't know, he has a proposal on the table uh, regarding a horse racing subsidy that totals about $240 million a year, and he wants to cut it by over $200 million to help out people with student loan debt. What do you think about all this, Jess? I think that it's a very good move. Hopefully... This actually works, this plan. Um, I don't know if it's going to, but I would love to see if it did because they've had, the industry has had 16 years to kind of get their act together. And just from this article alone, it's showing that sales are decreasing, people aren't attending events, horses aren't being taken care of. Um, Now, the industry is saying that this money fuels the economy because it stimulates jobs and the agriculture, I guess, sector, industry. But... I just don't see it making as much sense as putting money towards helping students take care of their debt, um, get scholarships so they're not in as much debt. So I think this is a great idea. I hope it actually goes through. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, horse racing—it's kind of like an antiquated concept. Like I just—I mean, obviously the attendance I don't know is any down. Of my friends who are into it—I've been to one horse race. It was the Kentucky Derby, which is obviously a lot different than going to like. The Delaware tracks or whatever, whatever's going on at Delaware Park. It, yeah, it was fun, but I mean, you know, you look at horse racing and it's kind of, you know, it's it's one of those antiquated things yeah. that was really popular hundreds of years ago, and now, I mean, Santa Anita had a ton of deaths of animals in 2018. That's the big horse racing track out in California, and you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how likely this is to get passed. The idea makes sense. That's an awful lot of money going to an industry that's kind of on a downturn. It and hasn't improved. Well, and, I, and I, I'd love to see the data behind what kind of jobs. I mean, if people aren't going to the, to the races, then how many jobs really are there? Exactly. I mean, how, you know, how is this really helping people? And obviously, you know, Governor Wolf probably did his research here. So the idea is great. Um, but, I mean, you look at the other legalized gambling in the state. Slot machines bring in $27 million a year. That's crazy. This is, uh, at $27 billion, with excuse me, with a B. I think I, I misspoke there. Um, and horse racing, they've only gotten close to $3 billion. So, I mean, the delta there is so dramatically different. And now with legalized uh, sports betting, mm-hmm. I'm clear that's going to be even higher than anyone going to a horse race. So, Absolutely. I mean, given the, and, and it's also a lot easier to run those things. I mean, slot machines, they're kind of there. You set it and forget it. Sports gambling is an app on your phone, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's it's totally different. If that's going to bring in more revenue, why not help out people? Because right now, the average student comes out of debt that they have it or comes out of college with at least about 25,000. Um, there's 25,000 students in debt right now in Pennsylvania, and the average debt is about 37, 37. million or 37,000. So <laughs> I'm all over the place with the numbers here. 37,000. So. You know, that, that's a big issue, and that, that'll actually buoy other things like the housing market, the economy. So Absolutely. It'll bring jobs in different areas I, aside from what they're talking about here. But like any political movement, <clears throat> what's the odds that it gets passed? Like, I mean, what, how, how's that going to go? I don't know how this is going to go, but I would love to see it happen and maybe do something other. They don't need 
clearly they don't need because they haven't done anything with it. $240 million a year. Well, this is like an old boys club, right? Like they're getting the money. They got some deal with the government. And now it's people are saying, well, what's that all going towards? And that's, that's pretty typical with, what do they call it, pork in, in politics? I mean, that's what it sounds like. So let's hope it gets passed. I don't know. I I'm mean, with it. who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So more importantly, what I'm really excited to talk about here, excited to discuss, not necessarily excited about the topic, is Zillow just got licensed as a brokerage in New York State. What do you think about all this, Jess? So reading through the article and just listening to what we have talked about over the past few months, Zillow's, go- I, in my opinion, is going to become a brokerage all over the country eventually. They're going to have their own agents eventually. And then I think the real question is, what are you going to do as an agent if you're not with Zillow? And like they cut off your Zillow lead flow. So I know we've discussed it. Um, I, I think that you really need to take into account what you're doing with your own business and how you're generating clients, your relationship with your clients, repeat clients, and really focus in on your other lead um, sources rather than just Zillow. Because they're going to do their own thing like they have been doing for quite a while now. Well, this isn't the first. They they got licensed in Arizona as a brokerage in 2018, and that's where they uh, rolled out the instant offers or the Zillow offers program. So this isn't the first license they've gotten um they also acquired a mortgage brokerage when spencer raskoff was the ceo now it's richard barton so these things this has been something that i'm not totally surprised about you know, what, what zillow has done is that they say hey you got to do it our way or you're not going to work with us and their way i'm not disagreeing with it because there was problems with people contacting buyers right like they, they only had a 50 percent response rate when someone logged into their site for an agent to call them back so I get that. I mean, right. that would not fly here. Right. That, that person would not be on our team if right. they had a 50% response rate that consistently. So I get that part. Um, I've been to Zillow corporate headquarters in Seattle, and they have all these avatars on the wall. Like Betty the buyer is, is, is the big one. And they have like an investor, a renter, a seller. They don't have an agent as one of their avatars, even though a lot of their – Really? Well, yeah. I mean, this is – and a lot of their um, income up until – now they're going with this like referral fee model came directly from agent advertising, hmm. which is a little surprising. So, I mean, this is not a, a surprise to me. Now, the way they're going with the way they're, they're changing their programs going from now what happens if you're not a realtor, I'll, I'll, I'll break this down, is that they will connect you with the buyer and you have an X amount of, of, of a spend per month that gets you this exposure and then they do a live phone call connection or they'll, 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 connect, they'll email you the lead basically right. is what happens. Um, and what they're moving towards is that more referral fee-based model, like you see with you know, Dave Ramsey's a great example. I mean, he has this big network. He mm-hmm. has local agents that work with him or, or have an agreement with him, have a signed contract with him, and then he'll get X percent, just like if I was to refer business to someone in like another state where I couldn't yeah. – in, in New Jersey, for example. That happens a lot. So that's that's the direction they're, they're very clearly going. And what you know what I see happening is that – you could argue that in order for them to get these referral fees, they would have to be a licensed brokerage. Hmm. So that that could be one argument there. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. That's what the law says. Um, I look at this just like you said. Zillow is a lead pillar for agents. It's one lead pillar. 
it's less than a quarter of our business here, so it's not like it's the only thing that, that we're doing as much as we talk about it because it's such a hot topic. So should you be worried, I think, is the question if you're an agent. So what, what, you kind of gave us what to do, but what, should, <clears throat> should agents be worried? I, I, I think agents should be worried if they don't have a plan to generate other business. Why would you want to shell out a, a referral fee if you don't have to? So come up with some different strategies to drum up business through your Facebook, through the people that you know. Just go the extra mile and keep pushing um, and maybe sit down and strategize with people who actually know what they're doing. Well, you hit the nail on the head, right? So it's like there's so many other ways to generate business. And if you want to you know, kind of be an order taker and just pick up the phone anytime someone rings and say, okay, I'll go show you this property. Well, that's one way to run your business. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way I'd run a, run a total business. And if it's a, whoops, if it's a career for somebody, you, know, you got to look at your past clients, your sphere, for sale by owners, expired listings, circle dialing into done. a neighborhood. You uh, did that. I mean, I, well, Zillow didn't exist when, yeah. I mean, it didn't, didn't happen. It wasn't there. So there, there was no other option. I mean, I still had to, you know, when I got, and I've been doing this not that long, but long enough that Zillow was not an entity when, when it was there. So, you know, if you're running a business, if you're relying on one lead source for everything, you're going to be screwed no matter what the business is. Absolutely. So that's the agents who should be worried. And then obviously if it, you know, the, when Zillow came onto the scene, that changed a lot of things. I mean, realorder.com used to be the number one internet lead gen service and they got, they fell way behind and then they've had to change their business model. Mm-hmm. So Zillow can be a lead pillar for you. You've got to run it like a business and look at all your different lead pillars. And that's where people should be worried is, is if they are relying only on one thing and they don't have a plan. And a lot of people, like their business plan, it should probably be like literally like a one-page summary of what you're going to do. Like, yeah. and, then, like, and then a lot of people have these like multi-page plans. And I'm talking like 10, 15, 20 pages. That's like a light operating manual. That's not a real plan. So if you don't have a plan of I'm going to do this every day and it's going to get me this and here's what it is – you're, you're going to be in trouble. So I, I don't, you know, Zillow's going to do their own thing, to your point. They're a publicly traded company. They've got different uh, skin in the game than what, what are agents going to think about it because there's going to always be some agent that's going to work with them. Absolutely. And I feel like agents who really don't know what direction to go in can easily sit down. They can either join a team or sit down with other agents who are doing it. And I feel like they'd be willing to talk to them. Well, let's look at some of the other lead pillars that are out there too, right? So you got your sphere. That should be everyone's best lead pillar no matter what. They've because, worked with you. They like you. Well, it they, might like, be, they, they might like know you. Know you, like you, trust you, right? Yeah. So, And it's not just people that have worked with you. It's also your personal connections in the area, and that's where you don't want to be a secret agent. Open houses have a 10% conversion rate. Zillow at best converts. Now, you're going to get some different data from them. The live connections, they say they, they convert at a higher rate. I don't have enough data on that yet to really uh, – talk about what we do there and then there's the nurture leads that come and get emailed typically internet leads convert at like two to five percent i'd rather the open house so well in the open house is a coordinated effort Mm -hmm. you're face to face with the people and you have local knowledge of the market zillow does not have that local knowledge so you know i I look at it as the agents if they do bring their own own agents on it's gonna be like these people that work for redfin that they just show up they show a bunch of houses and they have no idea what's going on and hmm. you know, the couple of deals I've done with Redfin, they're missing deadlines. Like, I mean, they don't they don't understand the process. They're just trying to get people in the houses as fast as possible. So they don't care well, as they, much about the consumer, well, and, and, in my opinion. Well, they, whether they care about them or not, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Which that's dangerous yeah. because then people can get into a really bad spot. So I'm I'm not I'm not surprised, not surprised. by any of this. No, I mean this is. Uh, 
you know, whether they're getting referral fees or what, I mean, it's not surprising. And uh, the agents who should be worried are the ones that only work with Zillow, and that's it. Not worried. So what do we got for motivation this week, Jess? Would you, would oh, you pull I for a quote? I almost forgot about it. Okay, ready to wrap the show here? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I was watching your video that you did on Instagram about patience. Okay. And you said your patience is killing you. Well, this is not fair because I already did a whole five-minute video about this. Well, then I was listening to Gary V. And he said, you are not patient enough. Your lack of patience is killing you, and you, your need of things is killing you. So Gary actually is right on what I'm saying. So I think you're taking it a little bit out of context. Now, I, so. I listened to what you said. I listened to what his said. And I well, do think that you're saying the same thing in different ways. So there's two things. Like What Gary's talking about is being patient with your results. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it takes time for stuff to happen. It always takes longer than you think no matter what. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any question there. My point that your patience is killing you is that, oh, I've got all this time ahead of me to get all this stuff done. I am very impatient with my actions because I want to implement and get started right away so we can get down the road faster. So I think he, you're saying your lack of urgency is killing you. It's, well, it, it, your patience with your actions, right? Some people say, oh, well, I got all week to get this done. I got all week. Yeah, I got all week to, you know, and it's, so today's, we're, we filmed at the beginning of the week. So I got all week to make my... 500, 600 phone calls for the week, whatever your, your number is, right? And then they don't do anything Monday. They don't do anything Tuesday. And it's yeah. like Wednesday, oh, crap. And then all of a sudden you're trying to jam it all in Thursday and, and Friday you when you got appointments. And it just doesn't happen. Exactly. Or a great example is working out, right? Like I think working out is, is the easiest one because people are like, oh, well, you know, maybe I, uh, you know, was, so hard, I was too though. busy. I was too busy. I'm not saying it's not. I was too busy over the weekend. I'm going to, you know, let me get some rest on Monday. I'm not going to go to the gym tonight or in the morning. And then Tuesday, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just work out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll get my three days in. And then, oh, I got, I got something going on. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't work out like the whole week. Yep. Right? So Speaking to me. Well, I'm not trying to speak to you. I'm just giving you, you examples. <laughs> so uh, that that's pretty clearly what I mean is that and, – and, you know, Tom Bilyeu is actually he, – he talks about all the time that patients can kill you a lot because – you have to be impatient with your actions and be patient with what you're trying to get in the results. So what Gary, like what Gary talks about is your need of things is killing you. Yeah, absolutely. Because some people want this like Instagram life where they have like this cool car or they got like a new suit or like they're in some cool restaurant. And that's like a that's like you know, things don't ever go that well. Right. So. And it looks like it just happened for them yeah, just immediately, like, yeah, but it actually took like so, or it's fake. And if it's not fake, it took this person ten plus years. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, my, and that's like the overnight success is always like ten to twenty years in the making, and you just find out about them because they blow up so quick because they've been working so hard. So, I, I, I argue that we're saying the same thing. I think where you need to be patient is your results. I'm, I'm clear on that, and. You need to be impatient with your actions. Like, if you don't have anything going on in your business or, or like, whatever you're doing, like, go make it happen, like, now. Like, don't don't wait. Like, that that's more my point. I have the – that's what I knew you guys were talking about, but I just kind of wanted to put it out there and kind of see if there was conflicting messages, but there's not. Um, I definitely think that the key to this is the patience for what you're trying to attain. Obviously have – urgency and try and go get it but you need to have trust that it's going to happen if you keep your head down keep working um i at times get so impatient and i just want all of these things to happen for me now but it does take time but just like not letting my foot off the gas that's what's going to get me there well and and that's where you need to be impatient right like just keep going and and momentum's a tough thing because when you lose it it is really effing hard to get back it is really hard uh because if 
you let that go and you even you take your foot off the gas for a little bit. And and you know real estate's very interesting because you, like you take a vacation, you do all this work to get ready for a vacation so you, like things don't go wrong while you're away. You need to work on vacation. Well, I don't I don't know if that that's true or not. I mean, you might need to be available or yeah. have a plan in place to set up coverage or or all those sort of things. I mean, that's you know, to me it's having a plan when you go away, right? Um so my my point is with that is that you know, to me, I want to be I know exactly when I'm going to stop, and I want to be like negotiating a deal when I get on the flight and have it signed, and then have the back office staff send it out for signatures. Like that's my idea of because a lot of people, when it comes to vacation, they take like a week off mm-hmm. before, like mentally they're out. It's like a three week thing, and then they're like, "Oh, I just got back. I need a vacation for my vacation." No, you don't. Um, you just had one, so maybe you need to make better choices on your vacation while you're so tired. And you know, then like to your point, a week off turns into three weeks off. So I think that that's a good example. Yeah. That's a good one. Awesome stuff. Catch you guys next week.